We're recording today's halacha class, modern halacha, about are you allowed to invite guests on your Shabbat table if you know they're going to drive? Is that lifnei iver? Because, you know, one of the commandments of the Torah is you're not allowed to put a stumbling block like we just learned in the Mishnah Yeshayim. Not only are you not allowed to sin, but you shouldn't facilitate to sin. So by you inviting him, you're going to cause him to sin. We're recording for the refuah of my grandmother, Parvin, Bat Chanumara. So let's get right into it. The, 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 the main issue over here is, is that Baruch Hashem, in the last 50 years since the Yom Kippur War, there's been hundreds of thousands of Bali Tshuva, especially in Israel. I know my father, Zichron Levracha, had, um, I'm named after my grandfather, David, which had six sisters. He stayed in Iran, all his six sisters moved to Israel. So over the years, my father would tell me every other year that another one of his cousins had become Baal Tshuva. So this is amazing, Baruch Hashem through Eish HaTorah, Chabad, and the Wolfson Foundation. There's amazing, amazing, hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent on Kiruv every year. And Baruch Hashem, everybody, you know, the, the, you never underestimate the power of a Jewish soul. It could get lit, even if the guy has literally hundreds of, um, of thousands of sins, but the spark never, this the holy spark of the soul of the Jew. So the question is, let's say you became, the, the, the question actually that was posed to Rabbi Sternbach, which is the hallmark of the heter is that somebody became a Baal Tshuva, but he wants his parents to come over because the parent, he wants to, you know, he loves his parents. He wants to be in touch with his parents, but on one hand, they're going to drive to his house, right? So t- today's shiur, we're going to address, is that permissible or not? On one hand, maybe it should be permissible because why? You want to do Kiruv, you want to have keep the connection with your family, you want to respect your parents. On the other hand, many people refrain from doing this because they became very observant and they're fervent. And you know, Bali Tshuva have a certain fever sometimes when they first become, they, they become Mizrahi style. Like, uh, they become very, very, like, Misila <laughs> Yisharim. The problem is they're really not, you know, they're not not necessarily on that highest echelon of loving Hashem, but they're very fiery, you know. So today's shir actually is based on the the uh, son-in-law of my Rebbe, Rabbi Eliezer ben David, one of our greatest Persian rabbis. He has a son-in-law, Rabbi um, Peretz. He's one of the chief poskim of Mexico City. You know, Mexico City has more kola than per capita than anywhere else in the world. Even then, Yerushalayim. It's a, it's a very fascinating, uh, and actually, this Chacham that wrote the book, Ben Yisrael Lamim, Rabbi, uh, Peretz, I believe his name is, um, Moshe Peretz. His son is, went to Yeshiva with me. And his son had, now is the chief rabbi of Panama. Chacham David Peretz. So Rabbi Peretz, um, says that there's a lot of different issues. Issue number one that we have to address is that it's forbidden for us to 
the Torah says in front of a blind person, don't put a stumbling block, which means, doesn't mean literally. Somebody that, don't give people bad advice, right? And so if somebody doesn't know that this is a sin, don't give them non-kosher food, right? So there's also another problem of a Messiah beyond over Avera, like we just said in the Messiah Yesharim. You have to protest if people are sinning, not facilitate people to sin. So he says that these two problems don't exist in our case on one condition. And this is basically the whole crux of our shirif. He says, basically, Rabbi Moshe Sternbach, which we're going to read, is the chief rabbi of the most orthodox sect, the Eide Haredes in Yerushalayim, which happens to be, he's an Englishman, he speaks English, and I visited him. He's Rabbi Eli's neighbor. And he, I just say, it was he was literally 15 minutes asking me about how the welfare of the Jews in Iran, and he made me promise to him, I, I visited him a few years ago, he promised that I should do everything in my power to make sure they have kosher to fill in and this and that. You see a great person in Israel, how much he cares about people he never saw. But Rav Sternbach um, and Rabbi Moshe Peretz, the chief, one of the chief poskim, halachic authorities of Mexico City, which was a great Sephardic. He learned in Lakewood and he's a big, big Sephardic chacham in his sefer. He has great appropriations. They both say it's permissible. You're allowed to invite guests to your house on Shabbat, even if you know they're going to drive. But on one condition. The, the million dollar condition is, is that you're not, it's just not a social gathering. You're trying to get them to do what? Keep, keep Shabbat, Teshuvah. And the argument he makes is, right? We're allowed to desecrate Yom Kippur Shabbat if a person Life is in danger. Why? Does anybody know why the Gemara says? Because we say it's better that we desecrate one Shabbat so you could keep many. So here also, okay, I mean, first of all, let's be honest. Where is a better environment for him to be? In your house at a Shabbat table, especially if you're a very, if, if some, if you're a Kirif professional, right? Or if you're not a Kirif professional. He's not religious. You're his friend and you want to bring him to your side, right? So where is it for him to be? He's going to go to a nightclub. God knows what he's going to do. Sleep with a shiksa. Go to very bad, naughty places. If he's in your house and in your environment. So this whole idea is ridiculous. It's not lifting if they're determined. Your whole goal is to make him totally religious. So by the same rationale that we, we use that it's okay to desecrate one Shabbat Shri Kikate many, right? Here, you're not trying to deceive or corrupt him. You're actually trying to bring him to the way of light. And so he says that it's totally allowed. Now, I want to tell you a fascinating thing that my friend actually has a problem with. Unfortunately, people in Kirov, this is one of the number one questions that they deal with. He makes a second point here. He says any halakhic authority... When he's dealing with Bali Teshuva, you know, Bali Teshuva is a very sensitive issue. And later he brings a fascinating argument that even though that we find later in the class, at the end of the class, we're going to say Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was against inviting people because he had, you're, you're causing him to sin. But he says it's not a machlokas between him and Rabbi Sternbach and Rabbi Moshe. Rabbi Moshe was talking about something else. He's talking about else. But he says that a halachic authority is just like a surgeon. You always have to choose the better of two evils. So if somebody's coming to you, a posik, right? A rabbi, 
A rabbi is a spiritual doctor, right? So to, to quote him verbatim, he says the, the, the posek always has to advise the person to do the lesser of two evils, right? The, right? Obviously, if, if somebody's going to get away, and since sometimes people don't know how to do kiruv, we're going to actually mention that you shouldn't overwhelm your guests when you're trying to mimic caravan, right? It's a slow process. But of course, it's elementary that the posik, the halachic rabbi, should guide the person to do the least of evil, right? Of the evil. So if somebody's, if you could, if somebody wants to do a terrible isudaraita or isukaret, and you could advise them just to do isudarabanan, right? It's incumbent upon you as a halachic authority to, 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 to do that. So he says, He says, the idea here is basically that this person, by him not, you and not inviting him, what's going to happen? He's for sure going to do many sins, right? But by you inviting him, potentially, he's not going to sin anymore at all. Because guys, I want to let you know, Baruch Hashem, when I became Baal Teshuvah 33 years, I'm 46 years old, I became Baal, I decided to keep Shabbat at my Bar Mitzvah. So from 33 years ago, me and my, since my father of blessed memory was a community leader, we've had th- maybe even definitely hundreds upon hundreds of guests, you know, in, when the, in Santa Monica and when we were living in the Valley. And a lot of my cousins, my mother's cousins, my father's cousins, anybody that has the integrity to, to believe it, there's a certain magic at a holy Shabbat table, right? So R- R- Rabbi Peret says, here, you're offering him a kosher food. Think about that. If he, if you don't invite him, what is he going to go do? He's going to go have non-kosher food. And he could do tshuva. There's no question that you're misleading him and you're supporting sinners. No. Right? Motive, motive here is of utmost importance. Right? So, and he's going to gain so much by doing this. And I'll give you a wonderful example of this. Unfortunately, I was just talking to a few rabbis that are doing Kirov. This is one of the biggest problems that exists right now. And that's why people need to get married young. The question that um, there was a wonderful organization I used to go to. It's a shame it doesn't exist anymore. It was called AJOP, Association of Jewish Professionals. All the people around the world that did Kirov used to come in Baltimore, and they used to have a convention. So, well, so one of the most common questions was, is, let's say there's uh, Jewish people that they're starting to become, they've been exposed to Torah and a rabbi. Now they have a relationship. So the, the million dollar question is, is, is it, is it, is it better to have a Jewish girlfriend, but she doesn't go to the mikvah and now it's Isur Nida, Nida is karet. It's very severe. Or is it better to have a non-Jewish friend, a girlfriend, which it's true. It's not an Isser Torah to be with her.
the I said Rabbi Sternbach um, also supports this opinion. Now, there's a condition here. If you're living in the middle of Brooklyn or an Orthodox neighborhood, and this guy comes and beeps, and you know, or you're Shalain, where you know the streets are closed, there could potentially be a problem. Chilul Hashem, right? That nobody in the, the vicinity, it's unheard of that anybody drives. Now this guy comes driving through the neighborhood. It, the neighbors, you know, it's it's the ambience of Shabbat is getting destroyed. So if you invite if you're inviting such people, one of the conditions Rabbi Peretz gives and Rabbi Sternbach gives is that they should uh, park their car far away. You know, that you know the, the neighbors they shouldn't see, you know, at least. They should, have, they should be a little bit ashamed and it shouldn't cause a chilul Hashem. They should you know, not drive right into the heart of the neighborhood and then everybody, nobody's, the whole neighborhood is super orthodox, especially in Israel, this happens more. It should be like, don't ask, don't tell. They, they block, they park like across the street far away and they come in, so it shouldn't be any chilul Hashem. Now Rabbi Shtenbach says another thing. He says, Kol Yisrael Arevim right? We know, we Jews... And it's unfortunate. Sometimes, you know what, the massacre that happened in September 11th, but you know, many, many non-kosher restaurants in Tel Aviv became kosher because we Jews are like olive oil. When we get crushed, the most virgin and most best oil comes out. And unfortunately, um, it's unbelievable how much unity you know, the silver lining of the Scepter, September 11th, uh, September 7th massacres is that so many people are repenting and so there's so much unity and love for the soldiers, you know, which is going to be the third part of our class on the Parsha. But unfortunately, somebody that doesn't keep Shabbat, halachically, there's no problem of Kol Yisrael Aravim Zelazeh. You understand? He's not part of the thing because... It says, V'avta l'arecha kamocha. Recha has to be keeping mitzvot, right? So, as long as there's no chilul Hashem, there, it's fine. Now, there's a second reason why it's okay to invite somebody to your house, even, if you, even if you know they're going to drive. You know why? It's based on Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach. Do you know it's Asur, halachically, in the, according to the Shulchan Aruch, Orachayim, chapter Kuf, uh, Samechtet, Safaradita Tahor, 169. 169, the Shulchan Aruch says, if, some, if you know somebody's not going to do netila and say a bracha on bread, you can't feed him. So Rosh Zaman Orbach, the great posik of, of Yerushalayim, and uh, of all of Kali Yisrael, he was a Rash Kibag, he was like, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein of Eretz Yisrael, Rosh Zaman, they asked him a fascinating question. They said, let's say a big donor to a yeshiva, right, of Eish Torah, or any yeshiva. He's a traditional Jew. He likes he likes rabbis. He respects them, right? But he's not Orthodox. Now, if you bring him to your house because you want to have a relationship with him, and you say, "I'm not going to give you any food here," because unless you wash your hands and say a bracha, and the guy's like older, sometimes you know, it happens to be ninety nine percent of my guests that I invite, even though they're not religious, they do. They just they don't want to be an outliner. They, they do wash their hands and they do say amen to the bracha. 
But the question is here, this specific, especially Israelis, or if the, if the guys, if, if you confront him, right? The question is like this. If you confront him and try to twist his arm, it becomes awkward, and then what potentially may happen is the whole relationship is going to explode, and right now he respects yeshivas, and he gives money to yeshivas, and he respects rabbis, because, you know, there's a peaceful, but if he feels you're attacking him, like, I'm not going to give you food, you know, because you don't say a brother, you want to force him to do stuff. So the question is, Roshama Zaman says, are you allowed to offer him food, right? Guys, no money, no honey, even for yeshivas. This guy's a billionaire. He's on a good terms with the Chachamim, right? You want to start antagonizing him because of this halacha. So they asked Roshon Zalman, is it allowed or not? You know what he said? He said, it's like surgery. He said, for sure it's okay to give him the food. You know why? Because if, if by you trying to enforce this halacha, right? Sometimes it may come off the wrong way and harsh, and he's going to start hating the Jews just like a surgeon. I want to ask you, Rabbi Sternbach also says this idea. Can you, can you, would, would anybody say that if you amputate somebody's arm to save his life, or you cut off somebody's pinky to save his whole hand, right? Because the infection is spreading. Are you, are, you a, are you a bad person, a dangerous person, or you're saving the guy's life? Same thing here, and I'll read it for you verbatim. Rav Shlomo Zaman says there's absolutely no sin here. Why? Because if by you trying to force him and you don't give him food and it's like it seems to him that it's a lack of derech eretz and it's going to become very awkward and animosity it's a much bigger sin for him to hate the Torah and hate Chachamim and feel right that we don't have common and a chilul Hashem that we don't have common there it says that you invite somebody to your house and you don't give him anything to eat because he's not going to make the bracha you know Guys, see, Rabbi David Cohen, which was one of the number one postgame in America now, says a fascinating idea. You know what it is? He says, when do you start training a kid to keep the mitzvot? At six, seven years old. So if somebody wants to start to shuva, you want him one day to force him everything? Shove everything down his throat? Of course he's going to support. It's people that want to do Baal Teshuva, Choser B'Tshuva, it's a slow, it's like, Coming, climbing up the ladder. You can't go up the road, right? First you teach him one idea. It's like a one or two year process. It's not like a switch. So that's the same thing with Shabbat Zaman. So he says, Sinat Chinam is the whole reason that the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed and hating the Torah. So he says, it's absolutely no problem. You're allowed to give him. Shabbat Zaman is not sure exactly, but it seems that He's giving you a heter, right? There's no so same thing here. Rabbi Peretz argues, and I read for you verbatim. He says, if you don't invite him and you don't build a relationship, what's going to come out of this? Is it going to become better for him or worse? It's like he's off the derech, and it's an infection that now, at least maybe he's keeping semi kosher by him having a relationship with you and you trying to bring him to. to and I would even argue more. A lot of these people, you don't invite them to your house, they're not going to do Kiddush. If they, you know, halachically, once you ask, answer, Baruch, Shachan, Mishalov, Tuvah, Gadol, Kadosh you Yotze Benchi, even if you don't say the first bracha. So, many of the times, so, first of all, you know, you know, my important rule of life, 
It says one Yehubi is out of Avera Goreret, Avera Mitzvah Goreret Mitzvah. By him coming to your house, he does Natila, he says Amen to your Bracha, right? He does, he's Yotze Kiddush, he eats bread, which is a Mitzvah, he's gonna say Baruch Shacham, Mishal, you could teach him that, right? Um, but, but by you not doing that, and Baruch Hashem, this is not some pie in the sky thing. Baruch Hashem, hundreds of thousands of people, when they are exposed to the real, you know, the outside world is fake, the non-Torah world. You know that. The real world is the world of Torah and mitzvot, right? So when, when people are exposed to reality, it really lights up their soul. So, therefore, um, it's not a problem. He also brings another pr- thing that parenthetically, it's only forbidden Consider that that you cause somebody to sin. You put a stumbling block in front of a blind person and you're helping people to sin. If it's for sure they're going to sin by doing that, right? But if it's only a safek, it's allowed. So he makes another argument why it's allowed to invite these people. These people could take an Uber, which was only a Sudarabanan, or, like we're going to say at the end, they could walk, technically. Or an electric car. Right, or... or Something that, 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 right? Which means, uh, Rabbi Yisha, it's above, I don't want to go really above, we're not going to get into the Rishonim and the Shach and the Shulchan Aruch about what's considered, because it's a big problem. But you know, the post can allow people to sell non-modest clothes. I, by you selling the non-modest, in Israel, all your customers are Jewish, right? In Yerushalayim or Tel Aviv. And if you're selling non-modest clothes, maybe you should only carry modest clothes. The post can give a header. You know why? Because it's possible that these people could wear, uh, what do they call it? The things under? Like leggings or... White beard. Like a shawl over it? No, no, no. A lot of the from women, unfortunately 90% of the stuff, even fancy clothing, it has like open... It's non modest, so they wear like his undergarments. Yeah, it's linings. They wear certain, um, like uh, black or thing like long sleeve oh, compression pants, thermals. No, no, that but, no, this is for the top of the body. I mean, yeah. so it's, since it's possible for them, if they wear that under, is it non modest? No, it's just like a vest that's coming on the top, right? If you wear the um. So, same thing here. It's not. It's not a hundred thousand percent sure that this person is going to come in a sinful manner. It's possible for them to walk. It's possible them to only do it through isudarabanan, right? It's not like they're going to be over isudaraita because it's much. You should know. There's a machlokin in the post game. It says lifneiver lotiten mikshol by isudarabanan. If it's so for so b- bottom line, he says here. That Rav Moshe Feinstein was asked 70 years ago and 50 years ago, he was very against it. He said, if you're a rabbi of an Orthodox shul and you know people are going to drive, you shouldn't tell them to come. Or there was another woman, she had to give a uh, like a Sunday school class on Shabbat though. That was part of her job. She was hired. So, But if she convinces the, the kids to come, they're all going to have to drive. So Rav Moshe is very against it. 
But Rabbi Peretz makes the argument there that in all those cases of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, the goal of this relationship and the whole coming there was not to do Kiruv. And I would argue to say that the Kiruv movement didn't even exist when they asked. If you look historically at the at the Responda, the Kiruv movement only started with Rabbi Noach Weinberg and the Rebbe and, you know, you should know it's a new phenomenon. For I'm a very big fan of history. Even even when the reform started, like in the 1800s, a lot of times when people went off the derech, when they went and or they converted to other religions, Jews, God forbid, or they went off, they never. There was no kiruv movement, you know. It was very hard to get them back. You know what I mean? This is a it's a it's a messianic. It's the light of Mashiach that it's we're able to. To, to bring literally like the, the breast lips do it through happiness, right? They ju- ju- dance and jump. It's a real miracle. It's a modern miracle that hundreds of thousands of people went out. So bottom line, in Ajop, the, the convention we went to, I want to thank Rabbi Yishal. He brought this out to me. Rabbi David Feinstein, which was also one of the great postcards of America, and I highly recommend um, reading a biography about him. He was an amazing, amazing figure. He was the rabbi of all rabbis of New York. He said that when he asked his father, Rav Moshe said it's okay. But Rav Moshe Feinstein said a fascinating thing to do. This is not recorded anywhere, but it's, it's oral Torah. Even though it seems that Rav Moshe Feinstein's book was against inviting people for Shabbat, even in that case that a woman may lose her job if she doesn't do a Saturday school and bring the school. Then Rabbi Moshe says, maybe it's okay, but that you shouldn't directly instruct them to drive. But Rabbi Moshe, Rabbi David Feinstein said that he asked his father, and Rabbi Moshe helped. As long as you give them a way that they don't need to drive, you, if you invite them for the whole Shabbat, right, and say, listen, I have an open bedroom for you, or you find them a place to sleep by your neighbor, Right? So when, according to Rav Moshe Feinstein, Rav Moshe Feinstein said, you're trying to do a mitzvah. Actually, you should know, Rav Moshe Feinstein, if you say what I hold, you should always try to do what Rav Moshe says. You know why? Because then they'll have the full Shabbat experience. So Rav Moshe holds, you understand, as long as you offer them a, a permissible way to come to your house for Shabbat meal, because you tell them, come before Shabbat and I have an open room for you. Once they decide that, no, it's not convenient for them, then for sure... There's no problem, right? Because it's not like you're trying to corrupt them or give them to them. You put a 100% kosher path in front of them. So for all these reasons, Rabbi Peretz argues that even Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, because first of all, Rabbi Peretz says Rabbi Moshe wasn't talking about, Rabbi Moshe is just saying the rabbi wants to make money. Or the rabbi, you're trying to get the guy to come to shul not because you want to be makar of them. The guy like, always went to a shul, and it's just, it's like a conservative, conservative type of shul. There's no kiruv going on there, right? There's not, you're not trying to change the people. But Rabbi Peretz says, in a case that you're actually trying to build a relationship and make the guy frum, then for sure it's okay. Because I just want to mention one thing about keeping Shabbat. I want to, I don't want to brag, but Rav David Cohen was talking about the. Rav David Cohen is now one of the biggest postkimmen in all of America. He's the rabbi's rabbis in New York. In New York, you have thousands of Orthodox rabbis. 
He's the go-to guy. He used to be Rav David Feinstein and Rav David Cohen. Rav David Feinstein, unfortunately, passed away a few years ago now. So Rav David Cohen. He said an amazing story with Rabbi Saul Salanter that shows us how to do Kiruv, right? Because we say the whole idea to invite them is try to do Kiruv. What not to do is in one night try to teach them a thousand halachas. Because the Arizal says <laughs> Torah is like water. Just like if you drink too much water at a time, you're going to get... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? God forbid. No, if somebody tries to drink too much water... Agonitremia. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to choke on the water, right? You have to sip the water. You can't jug down a gallon of water in a second. So the Torah is like water. You have to sip it. So he says an amazing story. He says, you should know. Uh, this I also have to say, that one of the greatest, greatest halachic authorities that passed away 10 years ago, 12 years ago, was Rav Eliyashev, Rav Yosef Eliyashev. So there was a, they, one of his... Um, Gabbai's said that uh, he believed that Eliyahu Hanavi used to come learn with him. Because there was a certain time in the day Rav Eliyashev said, under no circumstances I can't be bothered. And somebody saw like a ghost-like figure once through the crack. Whatever. Crazy story. So anyways, the, the Gabbai later asked Rav Eliyashev, he said, why isn't Mashiach coming? We guys, how much suffering can we take already? We always saw, like, even in the horror movies, what happened on October 7th that doesn't happen. How so he said that, that he believes Mashiach is ready, but just like we learned in this week's Parsha, when the Jews started to be redeemed from Egypt, at least 20% of Jewry left with Moshe. In, in the Parsha, we're going to read in three weeks, Peshalach, right? Hamoshim Alu. So Hashem wants that at least 20% of Klal Yisrael should become Orthodox, and then Mashiach is ready to come. But Mashiach is ready to come. So... This is a very sacred work to try to bring Jews back. Everybody should try to do it. It's the best investment. So Rabbi David Kwan said an amazing story about Rabbi Saul Salanter. A lot of people don't know this. Rabbi Saul Salanter, which my yeshiva, by the way, is named after, near Israel, he was the founder of the Muslim movement and how important it is to be not only a kosher Jew, a halachic Jew, but an ethical Jew, right? Have decency, have derecheretz, have musar, have self-improvement, be refined, right? Be clean. You know, if you read Rabbi Salander's book, he says like very big Avera to like not have clean clothes and take a shower and smell good. And be, you know, it's, it's part, <laughs> believe it or not, it was a problem. Jews were poor and they weren't acting in a... So he said Rabbi Salander once went to a city in Germany and lo and behold, he knew all the grandparents of these people. All of them weren't keeping Shabbat anymore. They were keeping their stores open. And it broke his heart. So, you know, he went to each store and he told the guy like this. He said, you know, your grandfather was a big rabbi, was a big Jew. Why you? So he said, listen, you know what you're doing is wrong. Because it was still the, you know, it was either guy, the guy's son or the, it was like, he said, I want you to do one thing. He said, what do you want, Rebbe? He said, go to work. But don't write anything down. You know, open keeping your business open is technically only midrabanan on Shabbat. If you don't don't do any of the thirty nine forbidden, right? If you don't drive there, if you don't write down anything. So, anyways, it's a fascinating story how Rabbi Saul Salanter basically made almost the whole small village from again. One week he would just tell everybody in the city 
do whatever you're doing, but at least don't only don't do this one. Is to go to business, keep your shop open, but don't write. Have the goy, you know, because in older days they didn't have cash registers. So right, if somebody would take something, they'd have to write it down. And so, so I tell you an amazing thing. Uh, rabbi Balanes, the chief rabbi of all Shirazi Jews, you know, uh, an, another big problem with with, with uh, w- that comes along is that a lot of times people become Baal You know how? When their father or mother, God forbid, it shouldn't be untimely, passes away. They come every day, say Kaddish, right? Then the rabbi, they build a relationship. And then the wife... Become, wife doesn't want to come along. You know, this is a big problem in our Persian community. A lot of times, the woman turns on and wants to become from, or the man. So it becomes a conflict. So Rabbi Balan has said, originally for Shalom Bayit, it's okay for the husband to get onto a taxi, because taxi is only the Rabbana. So I took it a step further. And Baruch Hashem, three different families, they're totally from now. I told them, because you know, guys, the 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 in Farsi, we have a saying, You have to start taking baby steps, just like a baby wants to start to walk. And just like Rabbi Solanto made the whole city from by telling them, go to work, do everything, just don't. Right. So, of course, for a from Jew, it's for sure forbidden to do Uber. But to order Uber on Shabbat is not an Isra Torah, right? It's only the Rabbanan. And Baruch Hashem, I could tell you from personal experience, and Rabbi Amiri also said, another way to be Makar people is to have them keep Shabbat only 10 minutes. 10 minutes, don't touch your phone or, you know, touch touch fire. Then try 30 minutes, then try an hour, you know. The bottom line is, I could tell you from personal experience, three different people, they started not to drive, because when you put on the, the motor of the car, it's turning on fire. That's Isu Torah. But only taking Uber. After they took Uber, after a few months, they realized, hey, let's do the real thing, right? That's a baby step. And may Hashem help that the whole Klal Yisrael. And, and that's also super easy because we're living in a, te- you know, technology. Baruch Hashem, Hashem should help us that um, I just want to leave with one thing. The Gemara says, the first people you should try to bring back to Judaism is your family. There's a Gemara in Yevamot here, and a Tana Debel Yahu. The Tana Debel Yahu says, how did you do Kirov? I, I forgot the source of the Tana Debel Yahu, but Eliyahu Navi says, when people, when you have a relationship people, and they're in your house, and the house is a holy place, it doesn't have TV, you know, and it's a kosher house, and it has, like I told you, the glow of Shabbat, people get turned on to that. There's a Gemara here, it says a person that loves his neighbors and also um, draws close to him, does kiruv on his family members. And a person that lends uh, money to a poor person when he's in need, there's a pasuk in Yeshaya. It says, Rabbi Fran once explained this pasuk in Yeshaya. God says, I'm at your service to do whatever you want. Because there's no higher madrega than um, bringing people back to do teshuva. It says, even if somebody's a prophet, the Chobat Alavavot says, what's greater? Who's greater? 
Somebody that's a prophet or somebody that does kiruv to be mezaket rabim, people that are sinners to make them come back to the way of light and the derech. He says the person, this person has a higher, is more aziz, is more al-habib, is more beloved by God. The person that devotes his life to bring people black close to Hashem is even greater than the person that's gotten such a high Kabbalist that he's basically on the madrega of prophets. So this is what we need for Mashiach to come. So um, again, if it's just for a social gathering and there's no different Torah on the table and, you know, there's, then it becomes problematic to invite people. But hopefully all tables are going to have a lot of holiness imbibed into them. And Hashem should help that all the Jews should do Tshuva and all of us should see Mashiach very cl- cl- uh, closely because we need him so desperately. Amen.